Rebel Yell is brought to you by Tops and the Journey to the Last Jedi trading card set. Available now at hobby shops and retailers everywhere. And don't forget the Star Wars Card Trader app, available on Android and iOS devices. It's the galaxy in the palm of your hand. We thank Tops for their sponsorship. I'm One Take Glossy. Disney Vault Talk presents Rebel Yell. Star Wars Rebels discussion and commentary. With your hosts, Teresa Delgado and Steve Wilson, and a few surprises along the way. And now, Disney Vault Talk's Rebel Yell. Well, if these first two episodes or these first two sets of episodes are any indication of the way this season's going to go, this is going to be some of the best Star Wars we've ever seen. In the Name of the Rebellion has aired, and it was action-packed and outstanding in everything that you want from a Star Wars uh, series. It was just, it was fantastic. And uh, we're going to get into it and talk about it and talk about what we loved and what we didn't love and we'll ask questions and we'll do all the fun stuff we always do here on Rebel Yell. Uh, this week we are Erishless. Erish is uh, feeling a bit under the weather right now and uh, so we are without him. But I tell you who we do have, ladies and gentlemen. She is the heart and soul of all things Disney Vault Talk. She is, you know, they say great, they say big things come in small packages. Well, let me tell you something. This is a stick of dynamite that'll blow your head off. She's a coconut, and she is the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Can I dress up like Lightning McQueen even though I don't have tires? Wow. So you're just going to go there, huh? All right, here we go. We are we are out of the gate, hardcore with Rebel Yell. How's it going, Teresa? How it's going? How it's going? Is it culturally insensitive now, to dress up as a Twi'lek if you're not one? If you don't have Leku? Right. Okay, Teresa, come on now. I'm just wondering. Come I mean, on. bringing it all back to Star Wars. Are you going to do the, the kind of French accent that they have on Ryloth, or are you just going to... I don't think I can do that. Okay, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I'm just asking. I'm just asking here. Uh, good night, Teresa. In the name of the rebellion. In the name of the rebellion. It's a U2 song. In um, the name of love. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think of these episodes? Holy bucket! 
<laughs> That's what I thought. And also, Saw is going cuckoo crazy pants. Saw is cuckoo he's, for Cocoa Puffs. He's losing it. And, you know, I love the fact that we're getting to see him lose it. Because then by the time we see him in Rogue One, it makes so much more sense. Poor Golic. We'll see him lose it. <laughs> okay. Borgolet is a former girlfriend. <laughs> when one dates Borgolet, one tends to lose one's mind and leg and arm. <laughs> Can't really breathe. Hold on. That's better. <laughs> is that hard to do? No, I mean, no, you just can't. You got to pace yourself. I don't. I mean, I don't think I could do a Shakespeare soliloquy like like Saul. A Shakespeare soliloquy. Like you know the old to be or not to be speech. Of course, I could see Saul. You know, doing his uh, his uh, his Hamlet. I could see Saul Guerrero's Hamlet. You know, kind of losing it a little bit. Going. I don't know how how well versed you are in the Shakespeare. I mean, relatively, like, it's one of those things they make you study. Sure. <laughs> That's right, Teresa. It's one of those things they make you, stu they make you study. Why, why did that, wow, why did it come? Holy cow, my mouth stopped working all of a sudden. Your mouth doesn't work? What will you become? Who will you become? Will you... I can't do voices, so I can't pinch in. I don't know what to say. Will you be coming back? If so, bring pizza. This <laughs> is what I imagine he says to old Edward Two Tubes or whatever the guy's name is. <laughs> Edward Two Tubes. He's he's Edward Scissorhands' cousin. Oh my god! What is happening? Where is Irish when we need him? Oh my gosh! Uh, you Two. know what? Mm-hmm. Do bring pizza. Do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, great idea. Way to go. That's how he that's why everyone kind of fell in with Saul. He's like, "Hey, he's crazy, but he knows where all the good pizza joints are." Do they have pizza in Star Wars? Well, they have space waffles. Well, that's true. But are space waffles like pancakes or like waffles? Well, remember they're those triangle things that look like triangle oh, waffles. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we saw them oh, on the ghost. That was so long ago. Yeah, remember back in the day when we were worried about things like space waffles? Yeah. Now we've got giant kyber crystals blowing up star destroyers and cargo Jesus. ships. Where did they even find that? On you know? Jetta. I know on Jetta, but never mind. They 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 mined the they plumbed the depths of Jetta and mined those things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mining operations. Mm. <laughs> And that's Rebel Yell for this week, everybody. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. <laughs> uh, is this, this is the first time we've seen Yavin in. This is the first time we've seen Yavin in Rebels. Yeah, but we've seen it obviously in the movies and right. we saw it in Rogue One. Right. And so now we're seeing it here. It's all did coming together. Did you watch Rebel Re Rebels Recon? I sure did. Yeah, sure and did. Dave Filoni talks about it. Yeah, it, okay. So everyone, no need to listen to us. Go watch Rebels Recon. <laughs> we got nothing to say. No, Dave, Dave Filoni did talk about it. I like what he had to say about 
you know, fandom, you know, thinking there's this moment when it well, it's kind of funny because he's like, well, you know, there's not really a moment in fandom, you know, in fandom, we all want a moment, but there's not really one. And, you know, in the first season, we saw they were just kind of by themselves. And then the second season, they hooked up with a bigger group. And I guess when Mon Mothma did her thing in the third season, that's when it really all came. I'm like, well, there's the moment, Dave, when Mon Mothma made her speech from the <laughs> cockpit of the ghost. That, there it is. And now this is kind of their hub. This is the secret rebel base. And, uh, and we see that the, the splintered identity right now of the rebellion they're still trying to figure out mon mothma is still hoping for some type of diplomatic solution to all of this can we talk about those words mon mothma who comes up with a name like that uh george lucas i know but why why mon mothma well i always thought it meant moon mother like moon oh that's right moon mother yeah mon mothma mon mothma mon mothma mon mothma Man, man, man. Man, man, man. What was that? Man, man, man. What about her? <laughs> what was Larson Tucker? Larson Tucker. The mouse droid. The mouse droid says Mon Mothma and Larson Tucker. Larson Tucker. Larson Tucker. Man, man, man. Well. We are off the rails, by the way. All right. So these yeah. episodes are <laughs> episodes three and four in the name of the rebellion, part one and two. Part one is written by Gary Witta, and part two is written by Matt McNavitz. Is that McNavitz or Mishnavitz? Mishnavitz. I don't know. Gary Witta, of course, uh, writer of Rogue One. Yeah, man. And um, and and so he <laughs> so he brought a lot to this. <laughs> to be or not to be. That is the question. Whether tis noble in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing them, to die, to sleep, no more. And by sleep, to say we end the heartache, and a thousand natural shocks that pleasures air too. <laughs> To sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. Thank you. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, Lord, okay. what is happening? Okay, so must be must Genevieve, be after nine o'clock my time. Is something. Genevieve O'Reilly is back as my my Yes, yes, she and is. Forrest Whitaker is back as Saw Gerrera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these are, there's a, a cool one. Jennifer Hale, she was Commander DTF-16. And so she's one of the Death Troopers. Okay. And it was so cool. Like, to hear them talk was awesome. Yeah, uh, it was it was a weird thing because they don't really speak of the English, so to speak, in, um, in, in Rogue One. And then to hear, I guess Stephen Stanton was the other Death Trooper that was talking a lot. Um and uh, to hear them talk was like, oh, that's kind of strange. But they have that, they have some major distortion over their little vocal things. Did Jennifer Hale's character, is that the one that kept running around and talked the most? I think so, yes. Because it sounded like a dude. At first, and then there's moments where it sounds like a girl. Okay. It's like, it's kind of hard to tell. Mm -hmm. But 
I tell you what, when those doors opened and there was a death trooper, mm-hmm. I jumped. I was like, death trooper! Death trooper! <laughs> I was like, go away! Run away! Run for your life! Who named the death troopers? I guess the same people that named the Death Run Star. for your life! Yeah, well, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, it is... Uh, it, it, it's... It, you got to wonder why everyone doesn't see what's going on. Oh, we've got these. We've got these troopers. They dress all in black. We call them death troopers. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound ominous at all. Hey, well, what do you, you know, what do you, you know, call that? Called big... death troopers because when they shoot, they actually hit things. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially innocent wives and mothers standing out on the grassy fields of that one planet. Um, Which one planet? The first at the beginning of Rogue One, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. The beginning of Rogue One. Yeah, they killed oh, Lyra. Where were they? They were on. Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Star Wars trivia. Uh, I have. No, I don't know. I don't have no remember. reference. Not, I have no reference that, material in front of me. Not that important, apparently. I, um, I can't remember. And then, and then they're like, "Hey, what do you? What do they call those big triangle ships they fly around in? Oh, those are star destroyers. Tortilla chips. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're star destroyers." Oh, really? So they're not like, you know, just called uh, capital ships or Imperial Cruisers? No, they're Star Destroyers. Oh. So, so these people are all about death and destruction. Yes. Star Destroyer, Death Star, mm-hmm. Death Trooper. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can clearly see where their priorities are. Yeah, they're all... In death. Yeah, they're all about death and destruction in the Empire. But you know what? We'll let them. We, we're, we can work out a diplomatic solution with with them we can we can work it out in the senate mm, no you can't you're not going to be able to mm, death death <laughs> and it's and it's crazy because well let's talk about Saul for a minute um His new cuckoo pants yeah with old okay. cuckoo pants well he is but you know this is a guy who basically his whole life has been founded in war you know, I mean, yeah. it's it started on his planet when he was fighting the Separatists, and then... Onderon. 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 Um, that's that, uh, that's a group, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> hey, where's... Oh my gosh, when Erish hears this, he's gonna be like, well, what did you guys do? What album is that song on? Oh, it's on Duran Duran's album. Um... On Duran Duran. <laughs> Rio. Um, no. Her name is Rio. But like serious, serious business. Loves it on Jakku. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hungry like a wolf coming up later this season. Um, which we won't ask Teresa to sing that one. Um, and I'm hungry. hungry like a wolf. Like a wolf. <laughs> Did you know I've been working on my episode eight uh, parody song? Oh no, really? Yeah, yep. That's cool. Yeah. What does that have to do with what we were just saying? Because we were just kind of making fun of songs, and um, oh. we were doing parody <laughs> I like, songs. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So can I talk about Saul Guerrero really quickly here? <laughs> yeah. Because because you say he's crazy cuckoo pants, but now at the same time, he is. He he's always lived in war, and he's always been trying to throw off oppression. And now he sees something even worse than the separatists. And 
I guess his biggest crime is he's willing to do things at all cost. Um, there's always yeah, been. Yeah, it doesn't matter who he hurts. It, the, whatever gets in the way of the mission, it doesn't matter because he's just he'll blow right through you. So don't get in Sosby. But I mean, I guess I would say I guess I don't know that that's been obviously it's not effective because he's dead on Jeddah, you know. But <laughs> but at the same time. I mean, the case could be made that he saw what needed to be done and that he may have fallen in line with the rebellion if they would have more quickly stepped up and began to fight in more earnest. Yeah, you know, I think he really, he wanted them to take the threats that were happening more seriously. He wanted them to quit playing it safe. He wanted them to stop going the diplomatic route. He wanted them to just get in there and do the thing. And I think the problem for a lot of people that joined the rebellion is that they had just come off the Clone Wars. I mean, granted, it's been a while, but they, they're they not looking to go back into a state of war. And if there's a way to resolve something without it turning into a war zone, I think that would be preferable in all ways, you know? I... If war is, if you're able to get around it and not have to go to war, then fine. But at a certain point, you have to understand that no matter what, war is coming. And you have the emperor, for Christ's sakes. So he's not given up until he's forced to. Ow! <laughs> forced to. I see what you did there. Um, oh my god, my cat just attacked me. My foot's bleeding. Oh no. Are, do we need to do we need to take a break? <laughs> no, it just really hurts. <laughs> it hurts so much I'm laughing. Ow. <clears throat> Stupid cats. This is why I'm not a cat person, everybody. You're minding your own business and they'll just come at you. They just They just completely come at you. Um so so here's Saul doing his thing and and like he tries his own way of rallying the troops by you know sneaking that big message in with that one droid that was crazy who does that saw guerrera i know but okay saw has a theme song steve okay it's our favorite bird of all time (laughs) oh yeah is this this so this is what you hear when saul's speaking yeah So that's Saul. So that's Saul. Okay. That's Saul. All right. <laughs> he was lost. That's the Arkuan bird, everyone. Not to be confused with the uh, the nearly immobile Steel Pecker. Um, from. But seriously, Lakers. that is so disrespectful. You go into somebody else's house and you project your image and tell them, tell all of the followers about how crappy their leader is. And it was like he was just trying to get a rise out of her, and then she finally speaks up and he's like there's the leader and you're like mon mothma doesn't have to be all you know crazy in mm-hmm. order to be effective right and and we see that she's not and you know what it add knowing her her unwillingness to go to war really kind of paints that scene around the you know the the war room scene, I guess, for lack of a better term, in Return of the Jedi, in a whole different light. Because I always thought she looked really sad, and not just about many Bothans giving their lives. 
Um, but you know, she always seemed like, you know, very resigned to this is never the way I wanted it to go. <laughs> so, um, but now, but she does have some fire about her, you know, she does because she's the one who, you know, when they get to, when you get to rogue one, and I saw, I forget who it was in the chat. Someone said they hadn't seen Rogue One yet. It's only been They're a year. Um, and, they and, better be. And so, no, I'm not, I'm not kidding at all. Um, no, I know, but they better be kidding. Because if not, we just ruined the whole movie. Right. Well, he gave a winky face, so maybe. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. He said he hadn't seen Rogue One. It's Roth in Wyoming. He says, I haven't seen Rogue One yet. Winky face. I'm going to assume that means he's kidding. Um we we see that she's more than willing. She's kind of happy when the Rogue One crew has shown up on Scarif and and they need the support. They need the backup. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because it's like, all right, finally someone's pulled us in that, you know, we have no choice but to go help these people. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously maybe she's been a little hesitant to get into it, but she's not unwilling to fight if need be i guess is what i'm saying no she's not unwilling to fight but i think she makes a really good point to ezra that she's saying we went in to fight in this battle and we found out that we are not equipped and ready yet Mm -hmm. and when you're trying to build up an army if you will to combat the biggest military in the entire galaxy that you know of uh you have to be ready and you have to go about it in a different way. I mean, they can't go head on. This is, it's like when, you know how in like the revolutionary war, they literally just lined up and faced each other and shot each other. First line down, second Mm -hmm. line step up. Um, It's not like that. You can't do that here. You have to be more guerrilla warfare, know Mm -hmm. where you're going, know what you're doing. You can't just, when you have a small force, you can't just go all guns a blazing. Yeah, you I, know. Right, right. But the problem is, is so often, especially with her, it didn't seem like strategy. You know, it seemed mm-hmm. more like, I, I and to Saul especially, it seemed like cowardice, and it yeah. seemed and it seemed ill advised to think, seeing what she's seen, to really think that the Senate could make something happen. Um, to, to, to put a cease to hostilities of any sort, knowing that, you know, the emperor is not going to be deterred, um, even though he is deterred, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Pun intended. You know, something, something, something I just thought of, maybe they're biding their time by fostering this idea of the Senate and all of this stuff, because when they're in that setting they can manipulate and get information and they need the information in order to be effective in order to hit the empire in the right place. Right. Right. So it's kind of a big deal then that and strategy and and that statement there makes it an even bigger deal when the scene on the death star around the conference table, which seems to be just a talkie scene to lead to Vader choking out Admiral Mahdi. It begins with them talking about the Imperial Senate will not sit. The Imperial Senate will no longer be of any concern to us. And he's like, I've just received, uh, basically he says, uh, the emperor has dissolved the council permanently. The last remnants of the old Republic have been swept away. 
and and so it's just a matter of yeah yeah and and when i hear the the last remnants have been slipped away the 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 emperor dissolved the council permanently i imagine stormtroopers walking in and just killing all the senators yeah i mean you know? they went anakin on them yeah just 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 taking the senate floor and just killing everybody but I mean, you can't send stormtroopers in to do that job because they'll miss everybody. Well, so you it's have to really send in death it, troopers. it's really close range. I mean, they just walk into the pods from the doorway in the hall and just shoot the people that are. Uh, look, they're, they've got to kill one person each. They can handle. If it, I but. came, if I came face to face with a stormtrooper, I'd stand right in front of him and I'd be like, "Don't miss." <laughs> <laughs> uh, she got in my head, sir. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know what to do? Just fire. Okay, sir. Cut to the shot going way wide, missing Teresa. <laughs> and Teresa just smiling, saying, I'm going to go dress up as Moana now. Um, so, anyhow, yeah, I mean, I guess they were getting it. I, I, obviously, they were. I mean, we saw in Forces of Destiny that Leia was working, you know, using her position in the Senate. We've, we even saw it in Rebels. Leia using her position in the Senate to... Uh, you know, get information and supplies in some instances to the rebellions and ships even to the rebellion. We um, one of one of which was used in Rogue One there at the end. Um, we've seen, you know, we we saw her with Sabine in that in that Forces of Destiny short, you know, where IG eighty eight shows up and, and and Sabine kind of poses as a bounty hunter and you know and she's real sneaky and and everything. It was a great episode of. Uh, of that little show. If you haven't seen, if you haven't watched the forces of destiny shorts, you should. Um, Anakin looks really weird, but other than that, they're great. Yeah. Um, well, and if you want to understand a little bit more about Mon Mothma, I think where I have sort of a bigger understanding now is from the Claudia Gray novel, Leia princess of Alderaan. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Mon Mothma in there and the beginnings of Leia in that book that really feed into these episodes of rebels mm -hmm. that, you really understand Mon Mothma even more. And I think that I have gotten to a place to where I really appreciate what she's doing and I understand how she's doing it. And I can see where Saw's coming from, but I can see how Saw's methods are not going to solve anything. Mm -hmm. In order to solve problems, there has to be give and take to solve the problem, even in war. You have to figure out your opponent. Saw doesn't care about figuring out his opponent. He just wants to blow him up. Well, and I also think there's another uh, another side to that, and we see it in the second part of In the Name of the Rebellion when Saul is willing to sacrifice those prisoners. Um, to, yeah, what's up with that? Well, because, again, the mission for him, at that when he finds that kyber crystal, the mission for him is to blow it up and thus blow up the ship and blow up the whole thing. Um, and throw a kink in the Empire's works that way. And he doesn't care who dies in the, in, in the midst of it. With this rebellion, there, there is, there's also the need not just to win battles, but win hearts. And, and, and in an effort to save lives and to do things in such a way that, you know, even though the rebellion would be... Um, even though the rebellion would be considered terrorist by the empire, that the rest of the general populace needs to be able to look at this, this band of rebels and see them as heroes um, mm -hmm. and see them as, as people who are, who are fighting to make life better and, and to bring real freedom. 
Um, and, and Saul doesn't do that. Uh, it almost is like it's become about winning to him and not just the freedom of winning and not just the freedom for the galaxy that I should say that comes from winning, if that makes sense. Um, and, and so, and so I think that has driven him nuts as well. You know, the whole idea, I mean, if you grow up, if you live your whole life in war, um, you know, it's going to make you crazy and it, and it makes him crazy. And it's unfortunate, um, for him or for us rather that we, that, that the, the cut of rogue one was so different. The edit was so different from stuff we actually saw in, in the trailers because there's a moment and they say in the trivia gallery on starwars.com that there's a moment when, uh, Mon Mothma challenges Saul when he's doing his big head um, transmission. And she basically says, well, what what have you become? And that's meant to be a throwback to that moment in the trailer when he's like, what will you become? You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I'm going to see if I can find that in the trailer real quickly. I don't know which one it is, so bear with me here. The world is coming undone. Yes, it is. Imperial flags reign across the galaxy. Thank you, Saul. Let's see here. No, that's not. Let's see here. I'm sorry. Man, there's so much of this. I'd love to see a cut of this movie with with the stuff that. Let's see if this is. Maybe it's not in this, not in this trailer. I picked the wrong trailer. Dang nope. damn it! That was the one with all the things they cut out. Stupid Steve! I, I, <laughs> I, that could be any trailer, Teresa. By the way, with all the things they cut out, that could be any of those trailers. What an interesting! I want the behind the scenes of that movie. By the way, yes, they're never going to give us that. Let's see. Rogue One trailer, everyone. A year behind things, but we're talking Rogue One. Make ten men feel like a hundred. We'll take the next chance. And the next chance. I think here it is. It's a rebellion, ain't it? No. No, that was Save the Rebellion, Save the Dream. All right, I can't find the trailer. I'm sorry. Stupid Stevie. Trailers not letting me know what trailers are what. Ridiculous. You'd be like, hey, Siri, find that trailer. Hey. No, not my reaction, Siri. Don't do that. <laughs> you fired up Siri, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Siri's so like, okay, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Um, <clears throat> by the way, just watching a little bit of those trailers kind of makes me want to pop in Rogue One and watch again. Right? Let's do a listen on. A listen on? Okay. Listen on, li- watching uh, uh, something, recording. What's the right word? Commentary? Yeah, that one. A fan commentary? Um, maybe. Maybe at some point. We'll definitely have to do that. Um, the the opening, I, I want to, I'm bouncing backwards in time. Uh, 
because I want to talk about their initial mission to go take out that radar dish, or really just to kind of put a listening device. I don't know what I'm confused. Oh, as no, what... back it up even further. Okay. To when Callus walks on the scene and oh, it's like Lord. hot Callus Saunter, <laughs> he like walks in and you're like, hey. Come on, no, no, come really, on. no, really, you are. You're like, hey, I was he's not amazing. He's like, so it's oh. <sighs> Hot I don't trust him. Um, I do everything about him, uh, even his hair. Hmm. I don't care. Uh, no, but they go on their mission, and it was just really cool to see the ghost crew in action together again. It was, and it was awesome to see Sabine back, and we'd kind of speculated that she would be coming back now that she'd passed off the dark saber. that's what it was called, right, mm-hmm. to Bo-Katan, and she is back. And I think it's such a cute moment. She punches Zeb, and he's like, hey, and this is funny. I don't know why. Just well, you you see the camaraderie, and she even says, you know, when Harris says something about it, you know, I thought you were going to go help your family. And she's like, well, this is my family that needs help right now. You know, uh, it, that that moment was so cute too with Hera and Chopper because Chopper says something, and she's like, he's like, no, my joy didn't make it. <gasps> Chopper. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a great little reunion. You know, you'd seen they've been apart for a little bit, and um, and now they've all kind of come back together, and they get they get to go on a mission together. And you know, it's everything we didn't get from the Force Awakens. Um, but it, you know, and it was really cool. And then, of course, you know, things go wrong, and they start to improvise. But here comes Saul and uh, Eddie Two Tubes in with the with the bombs, and they do what Ezra thought they should have done in the first place, and that's blow that thing up. And so once again, Ezra is caught in a situation where everyone wants Ezra to be on their team. Yeah, Ezra, Ezra's still very young. You know, I really don't think he understands what he he does, though, because when we get into part two, he finally sees it. Mm-hmm. And but it's like any teenager, it takes them time to get past their own mindset of what they think is right and to see actions and consequences and for their real values in their life to be challenged about what's right and wrong. And Ezra sees that in part two. And also we have a comment about the jetpack. Right. Like, I don't need one. I just like it. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, and so it's like he's becoming Mandalorian or something. But he doesn't want to be one. Remember he says. Right. Well, no, he doesn't, but I'm just saying. But the jetpack's cool. Yeah. Um, it was a really cool sequence. It was a cool mission. But what I'm saying is is when Saul sees Ezra, he's like, all right, this boy's going to be on my team now. And it's the same way when Maul saw Ezra. He's like, all right, this boy's going to be on my team now. Yeah, I mean, like, everyone wants Ezra on their team. Why? I don't know. That's what I'm asking you. I don't get it. I mean, okay, he has blue hair. I don't know that I like the the Ezra hair design that we've gotten last season and this season. I can't figure better out better than what it was before. Is it though? I can't figure out what it's doing. Is it slick back? Is it really short cut? What's going on with that hair? I just don't know. Is it Barry Goldberg hair? What's happening with it? Um, by the way, great episode of Goldberg's this past week. Only if you watch that show. I actually don't. I should though. It's all about Adam, the main character, and his girlfriend who are lockstep in sync geeks in love. 
And then when they're getting ready for Halloween, he's like, I've got our perfect costumes. And he comes out dressed up as Han Solo. He's like, and you can be Princess Leia. And he holds up a Princess Leia costume, you know, with the, the white dress complete with the bun wig and everything. And she says, actually, Star Wars is kind of childish. Ah! And he's like, what, what do you mean? And like, he just like starts to go off and he's like, no, no, I'm calm. We're just having a discussion. We're just talking. I love you. And come to find out she likes Star Trek. Oh, no. And so it's a big Trek versus Wars thing. The house divided. And, wow. And I was like, totally, I, it's like I feel this episode more than any other episode of TV I've ever watched in my life. I feel this episode. So that's a non sequitur. Anyhow, um, it, it was good to see them back together. Saul wants Ezra on his team, and that leads them kind of forced into the situation of, yeah, we'll go with Saul to do this thing. And, um, well, they were trapped. I mean, he he rescued them, so then they owed him. I mean, he basically kidnapped them. <laughs> right. Indeed. Indeed. Um, and then, later on, he actually kidnapped him. He put him in cuffs and everything. Um, mm -hmm. Ezra hears the, the crystal singing. Yes, and it's like when Ahsoka hears her singing. Now, when did that happen? In the Ahsoka book and stuff. Okay. I missed that, I guess. Um, I, I've got this. Crystal these. singing. La, it's like from uh, Wreck-It Ralph when the taffy's like, la, 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 <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> um, and, but, so he hears it, of course, they don't. And the minute, he, the first time he says, do you guys hear that? It's like someone singing. I'm like, oh, they've got a Kyber crystal on board. Kyber crystal. And, um. Was it in carbonite? Is that what was going on there? Man, I don't know what it was in, but it went, melted away real quick. Uh, and, I, it, and Sabine's like, put your blasters away. And Saul looks at his blaster like... It just holds Aww. on to it. Yeah. Just holds on to it. <laughs> it felt like it was in carbonite, and then when it melted, the, the little railing around it was there still, and it kept it suspended in air. I don't know. It was strange. Well, something um, needs to, because if you've seen Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures, they have a kyber crystal, and those things are combustible. Right. Well, that's, and that's the, we see that in, hey, Teresa, if you've seen this episode of Rebels, <laughs> the Kyber crystals are combustible. I just love how everything's like the same. Like we saw a Kyber crystal almost blow everything up in Lego Freemakers and now there's this big giant one and it's just like, will people stop messing with Kyber crystals already? Well, no, they're going to use it to build a Death Star. Well, I realize. I mean, they're making the weapon. That's what Galen Erso had been working on for so many years, is to harness the power of the kyber crystals. Only he was trying... He didn't want to weaponize it. He wanted to use them as actual potential power sources. And the Empire weaponizes it, turns it into the Death Star. Lord's on <laughs> Kyber um, crystals aren't good. Well, I mean, they make... They're good in tiny, tiny right. pieces. Right. Um, so, a couple of other things here to, to touch on real quickly. Uh, Saul's headed to Jeddah now. Like Jeddah gets mentioned by name. Yes, it does, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was like, I kind of popped when I heard that. I'm like, yes. So he's on his way to Jeddah um, in his little band of, of dissidents and rebels and that sort of thing. Um, obviously they don't do a lot to, I mean, they may stall production a little bit, but they don't do a lot to stop it, you know, because 
you know, this. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, I mean, I understand the purpose of blowing up that satellite dish and all that, but at the same time, I, I don't feel like it really did anything. Well, it, it, I mean, it, it monked up communications for the Empire to that location, to Jalindi, is that name of the place? Mm-hmm. Jalindi. Um, and Sounds like a candy store. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, what I'm talking about is when Saul and them actually go to Jeddah. You know, I mean, because we see in Rogue One that, yeah, they they might have hit a strike here or there, but but the Death Star is still finished. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and, and you wonder if Saul knew what was. See, I don't. That's the thing. Did how much did Saul eventually know? I wonder. See, and that, I am curious about that, because in Rogue One, it seems like he doesn't know much about it at all. Right. You know? But he so knows they're doing that, something, but he I, he doesn't know the extent to what, I guess. Right. It, there, there seems like there's something missing there, but uh, I don't know. Like, I love all of the tie-ins. I love how Rebels is tying into books and tying into the movies and all mm-hmm. that stuff. There were so many moments when I was watching this that I'm like, ooh, this, ooh, that, oh, oh, you know, just like things that they would say or whatever, and it, you knew you had seen it somewhere mm-hmm. um, or they'd been referenced before or something like that or imagery that we've seen before. And I love how we're coming into a time where everything is starting to mush together. Yeah. But there are some things like that. Like, what does Saw really know? Does he, does he, you know, what does he know? (laughs) It's confusing because I feel like in Rogue One, he doesn't seem like he knows a lot. But here it seems like he has a really good idea. Or maybe he goes to Jeddah because he's trying to thwart their taking of kyber crystals well sure maybe that's yeah. what his job is yeah. or what he takes on as his job or something mm-hmm. and if the and if <clears throat> ezra and sabine see this giant kyber crystal why doesn't the rebellion know more about this or maybe that's what's happening in rogue one is like now they're piecing everything together because they have the information about this giant kyber crystal and then other things yeah but they don't believe jen at first do they a, a large chunk of them no probably i guess not I'm trying to think of the lead-in book to Rogue One. I forget what it was called. It was, oh, it was um, Catalyst. Catalyst. It was really well done. Yes. And it, and it sets up Galen Erso's relationship with Saul Guerrero. And, yeah. and, and I'm just wondering how much Galen actually did tell Saul. Um, yeah, and they don't clear that up very well. Because when, you get, when you get to the movie and, and Jen gets to see that recording of what's going on, you know, it's almost like that's kind of snapped Saul back. It's he's so in and out of reality at that point that seeing Jen, you know, did they send you here to kill me? You know that kind of thing. But then he shows her the recording of her dad, and her dad lays everything out, and it's just like so. You you almost wonder if Saul at that point doesn't feel like his whole life has been wasted, and because even though he was trying to stop this thing, they they went ahead and built it. Yeah. I don't know. Tragic character. He's a character. complex character yeah. and a tragic character. Yeah. yeah he's both. He's and, both. You know. But I think it's so cool that we got to see him again. And I love the fact that we're finally getting to see him go cuckoo bananas. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that we'll actually see him again in this series. No, we may not. Um, in the, uh, in the, in the trivia guide, um, 
on StarWars.com. I hope I didn't back up too far here. It talks about the... Uh, here, let me read this verbatim. This story points Saul to Jeddah. His presence there would escalate the violence on that moon as his partisans strike against the Imperial occupation, as described in the novel Guardians of the Wheels. Mm. As seen in that story, Saul still has both his legs, meaning that the, majority, the major injury that caused him to lose one and indeed causes his whole health to deteriorate occurs closer to the events of Rogue One. Um, I didn't get to read Guardian of the Wheels. It's a good little book. Yeah, well, I love those two characters. I love Chirrut and Baze. Um, and, uh, and and so if he... How far out... Do you know how far out from Rogue One it was? No. I mean, at this point... Here's the thing. At this point, none of this stuff can be too far out. No. So We're within a couple of years to months of things. I, this The series started a year... Uh, five years out from... Uh, from the events of A New Hope. And if we consider... It's got to be a year and a half away. Yeah, I can, I'm can. i thinking it's about a year and a half away from the time of A New Hope. So Well, because in Rebels, Leia is starting to do things on the behalf of the Rebellion, so that means that she's about probably 17, because mm-hmm. she starts when she's 16. Right. And in A New Hope, she's like 18. 19. She's 19, so... Oh. Yeah. yeah, so we're somewhere in that in that range right yeah. there. Well, and remember, Ezra's the same age as those two. Oh, that's right. So how old is Ezra? Well, however... <laughs> depends on... He was he was like 15 when the show started, so, you know... Again, so it depends on like how much... 18? Yeah, it depends if on how much... Yeah, it depends on how much time has passed because... He's 18 and he's still acting like that? Shoot. Well, I know a lot of stupid 18-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Whack him upside the head. So... <laughs> well, they did that in the first... You know, I believe one of my first observations about the show is everybody hits everybody. Yeah, well, I'll put... I'll... <laughs> it's like that one Disney movie, um, Love Him With a Slap or whatever. Oh, you're talking about the bears? That's how they love yeah. each other? They slap each other? Yeah. Uh... What was I going to say? Oh, I'm going to do like what my mom says. She's like, puts her hand up. She's like, put your face right here. Right in the palm of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, we got a few more things to talk to you about. But before we get into all that, I just want to remind everyone about Tops. Tops brings us to you this episode. Uh, they are the name in collectible card trading. They've been so since 1950 when they started putting baseball cards in with their bubble gum. Well, there's no more bubble gum, but there are tons and tons of cards. Everything from baseball to the Journey to the Last Jedi trading card series that's available now at retailers and hobby shops everywhere. It has it features uh, scenes from all across the Star Wars saga, including Rebels. There are some cards with Rebels in there, uh, oh. as, as well as all the inserts you expect with like special mini sets and stickers. The base parallels you can hurt. You can do. You can get on the hunt for the chase sketch cards and uh, and, and autograph cards and the very rare double and triple autograph cards. And um, and so check them out in a retailer near you. And also don't forget the Star Wars Card Trader app. This is an app that allows you to actually trade officially licensed digital cards with people all around the world with stuff all the way from 1977 through the Last Jedi. And as we get closer to The Last Jedi, there's going to be even more Last Jedi content there. There's daily rewards for signing in, free packs every day, 
and um, just all kinds of ways to trade and have fun with the Star Wars Card Trader app. Now, I've been very honest about my inability to log into the Trader app. Um, and uh, Yeah, I'm, I can't get in there either. I'm told they're working on the problem. So um, as soon as they get it worked out, We'll be we'll be back in back in the game of trading. I haven't done it in a while, but I did enjoy it, and um, and Tops brings it to you. So uh, if you download the app now, you can download it at the Apple Store or uh, the Google Play. So check it out on your favorite iOS or Android device. That's Tops, and we thank them for their sponsorship. Also, want to mention our friend Scott Hendricks. He's back in the game, ladies and gentlemen. He had some hand surgery, and uh, he's recuperated quite well. And he is taking commissions right now. Head over to scotthenricksart.blogspot.com and check out his work and get in touch with him and, uh, and get him to do a commission for you. He's a super talented artist. He's worked with the likes of the Don Bluth Studio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and he is fantastic. So uh, get in touch with Scott Hendricks, good friend of the show, um, and let him do a commission for you. Pay him to do so. And you won't regret it because he he does outstanding work. That's Scott he Hendricks. Really does. Scott Hendricks. That's H E N R I C K S. Scott Hendricks Art. Check out his work and uh, get in touch with him. If you're in the live chat with us ever at mixler.com slash goldiverse, he's sketch ten twenty seven. And uh, he's got a birthday coming up tomorrow at the time of this recording. So we want to say a big ooh, happy birthday ooh. to Scott. Play the song. Play the song. Which song? The birthday song we play. Uh, do we play a birthday song? Yes, we do. I don't it's by a group that you hate, but you play it anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Gee whiz. Okay. Why are we whispering? He did, I don't know, but he deserves the birthday song. He sure does. So hold on just a second. We'll, we'll hit it up for you there. And... Happy birthday, Scott! Happy birthday, Scott Hendricks! ScottHendricksArt.blogspot.com Get a commission. Scott Hendricks. Play when they sing. Happy birthday, Scott. They say it's, it's your birthday. It's gonna die with you, yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. Larson Tecker. Mine, 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 mine. I'm glad it's your birthday. All right, happy birthday, Scott. I hope it's a great one, and you have and you have fun times on your birthday. Glad you're healed up. Glad your hands healing well from the surgery, my friend. And uh, we thank you for listening. And everyone should support Scott by uh, by going and checking out his art and in uh, ordering yourself a commission. Get put him behind. Give him so much work that he can't keep up, and uh, and he deserves it. He does he does great work. I'm sure he'll super appreciate that. So we got to see a new disguise for Chopper in this episode, Teresa. Yes, he was dressed up like a Pittsburgh penguin. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh penguin. Not a Pittsburgh Steeler? Or a Steeler. I think he likes both, right? Yeah, but I don't think the penguins Steeler. are... Are the penguins black and gold? Yes, they are. They're okay. all the same. Pirates, penguins, and uh, Steelers. They like, all yeah. have the same. All right. Color scheming. But I saw it. Well, here's the funny thing. I didn't put it together with the Pittsburgh stuff at first. Mm -hmm. When I saw it, I was like, ooh, a bumblebee. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. They are black and gold. I didn't realize that. Kristen would be scolding me right now. And she and she hates Pittsburgh, so. 
Oh, they beep Um, but it's a new it's a new look for normally when when Chopper is infiltrating the Empire, they just paint him black. And um, and this time they can't the, do that anymore. Nope, nope. But here's the thing, and this made me think as I'm watching this. I'm like, why in God's green earth? Why in the Force's name? Hasn't Hasbro capitalized on the different chopper disguises? Right, they could make like a whole pack. Yeah, like a, a three one, pack. Chopper two, chopper from this episode. Right, blue chopper, green chopper, rainbow chopper. I don't think they have blue, green, and rainbow chopper. But they, I just, you know what? I don't remember all of his colors. Right, they definitely have black. Well, it's just the one that because for long they'd paint him black, and he'd get into the Empire that way. But here, you know, they do him yellows like the service droid and everything. And I'm just thinking, wow, there's another figure we could have. But you know what they won't do? Make a Chopper figure. Well, um, you know what? They're Hasbro. What do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. Also, the U-Wing made its first appearance. That was cool. Rebels. That was a cool scene. When yes. he comes down, I was like, oh, that's Saw. He's rescuing them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and Ezra's like, Saw! And Sabine's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> The U-Wing is a ship that had to grow on me. Um, mm-hmm. but I really do dig it, especially seeing it like seeing it on the shelf. Isn't that impressive to me, but seeing no. it in action, like, uh, in rogue one and then here in rebels is really cool. And this has a black and white paint scheme. Uh, the partisan paint scheme is basically what it's called. Like there was X wings. We saw one very briefly on Jetta an X wing painted with this paint scheme. And I think it looks really cool. There's some concept art by Andre Kirk that you can check out at, uh, starwars.com in their episode guide and uh it looks really cool. The other thing is and I don't know if this is the if this is true or not. Mm. Because I can't remember what kind of shuttle they were on in that wedge episode where they all went to the bathroom together. <laughs> the refresher. The refresher, it's yeah. It's called the refresher. Um but this is the first time I remember seeing in Rebels a Lambda class shuttle. Mm. And I uh, and I tend to think that I may be right in this because in the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, they have the concept art by Killian Plunkett for this version of the shuttle. This is the version of the shuttle that we see in Return of the Jedi. Mm. The other shuttles we've seen have had a lot longer fuselage and that sort of thing. Oh, um, God, now we're getting into that, that kind of conversation. Well, yeah, I, but look, here's the thing. The reason I bring this up is because... This has always been one of my favorite ships in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Is this Imperial shuttle? It's you know the shuttle mm-hmm. Tidarium and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and and I just always thought it was cool. I guess just the movable wings and the toy I loved. It was the first toy that I ever bought with my own money. Star Wars toy, really, that I bought with my own money. I had my birthday money and um, and it had been marked down at Kmart, and uh, we knew someone that worked there, and he got us an even deeper discount. And so I brought it home, put it together myself, put the stickers on it myself. And man, I love that thing. And um, and the wings, you pulled a trigger and the wings would lower and that sort of stuff. And so um, love the shuttle. And it was so cool to see it here in, in Rebels because everything that we'd seen prior to it was just kind of like, well, that doesn't look like the shuttle I know and love. you know. And we even saw one of those longer, weird-looking shuttles, more of a cargo shuttle, in uh of course it, i think it had the four flappy arms in rogue one um that they take the scarif yeah the four flappy arms the four flappy wings and and the, oh, we get to see those weird tie thingies too. oh the tie defenders that's right 
Yeah, so we know what Thrawn... I guess we've kind of known that Thrawn has been working on getting these things. But they're tougher versions of the TIE Fighter. They have shields. Oh, my God. In this episode, oh, my gosh, Steve. We haven't even talked about the fact that Kanan helps Hera fly when she can't see because of Yes. And he's, like, force-flying. Yep. And so, oh, that was so sick. It was great. It was great. Do it you was, trust like, me? Just awesome. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. I thought it was a great moment. You know, Kanan is the character, uh, his actions using the force and everything is the character that sold me on this show. Because yeah. the moment in that very first episode in the uh in the Spark of Rebellion, when he steps out from behind those crates and puts his lightsaber together and they shoot at him and he just kind of leans to the Leans to the right a little bit to dodge that laser bolt. I'm like, oh, I'm in. I am in. Um, and of course, I've come to learn to love everyone else even more. But yeah, that was a great moment. You know, when that he, was amazing. When she's like, that was just so cool. When when because she starts bragging about herself as a pilot, and he's like, we do have a good pilot, but we also you also need me. Do you trust me? And she's like, yes. And so he just starts it's guiding her so through. Titanic. Do you trust me? It was a great moment. It really. Truly, or no, Aladdin, but both. Truly, truly was. And I can't wait to see um I can't wait to see more of Hera. Um Oh, Canera next week. <laughs> oh, have you seen those clips? I have not, Man. no. Okay, so as soon as we wrap up here, I have the clips for next week. You need to we'll watch the one where we should play it on the air that says some time alone. Oh, okay. Well this is not I have I pulled up uh, Unexpected Help, Flight of the Defender. Good afternoon, Commander. I'm eager to hear your opinion on the improvements made to the Thai Defender program. Allow me to present the Defender Elite for your inspection, Grand Admiral. And then I will provide you with a flight demonstration. They're headed for the fighter. Sabine's still in there. Get ready. Things are about to get interesting. <laughs> Sabine, we have to go. Now! I, I've almost got it. Just stole him. Stole him? How? It's Thrawn! I'm confident you'll think of something. <laughs> You've also got tie interceptors there on the... Oh, there's that wolf. Hungry like a wolf. Oh, man, you heard the gun cocking. Yep. Sounded like a death trooper's gun. All right, some time alone. Here we go. Lucasfilm logo comes up silently. The occupation preview. It's like a ghost town here. Everyone's in hiding. Everyone's afraid. They're back on They've the thaw. reason to be. What is that thing Kanan has on his head? There's someone coming. Get he has Kara's helmet thing on his head. Okay. Kanan and Ezra in a little tight spot. I mean, Kanan and Hera in a little tight spot between some buildings. I'll snuggle I up. just realized it's been a while since we spent some time alone. And when we do, it's in situations like this. I wish I could see you. Oh, I should take those glasses off. You could always see me. 
Can y'all tell me? Oh, 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 oh almost a kiss. Am I slaving? How many? Speeders? <laughs> uh, how many? I've isolated the negative power coupling. Oh, man, really? <laughs> That's classic Star Wars right there. That is classic yeah. Star Wars when the kiss is interrupted. I mean, come on, Han and Leia. On Do you the think Falcon? we're going to get a kiss before the end of the season? Yeah, right before he but dies. It's, but it's going to be like, yeah, exactly, right before he dies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I predict his death, and he will kiss her right before he dies, and then it'll be sad, that much more sad. I think sad. he's going to die in the last episode. Yeah, yep. It's going to be super tragic, too. You're telling me. I, I don't know that I can handle it. It's going to be really hard. I'm going to be really scared to watch the last episode of this show. It's going to be one of those things where you're like, I'm never going to watch Star Wars again. Mm -mm, never, Just never. like you were with Ahsoka. Well, you know, it was one of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else we need to bring up? Well, there's this last piece of trivia that we have. There's mm -hmm. a prisoner on the shuttle that mm -hmm. has blue hair and kind of like horns on the side of his head. Right. And he's a male Thelon. And we've only ever seen female Thelons in mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi and Clone Wars. Um, Lots Razi mm -hmm. is one. And then Goody Terrace right. is also one. So we get to see a male version. So that's kind of cool. Would you say that uh, after this that Star Wars may be hooked on a Thelon? Maybe. <laughs> I'm just trying to give Chaz. That was. That was, I'm just, was well played. I'm just trying well to give. Played. I'm just trying to give Chaz material to do new stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I did think it was cool when they were on the on the cargo ship and they're in the room with the Death Troopers that they make the fog happen, and they're all hiding out in the fog, and then Saul picks up the one that's out and. Um, Holds it up and shoots from underneath it. Yeah, and, and the commander's yeah, like, that, that was awesome. The commander's like, I said, get down. I said, get down. So, listen, I these, it, I thought they were great episodes. Um, I maintain that I, I really do think that this is what, you know, Star Wars on TV really does well is when you just have good adventures like this, you know, and and it does tie into other parts of the Star Wars saga and everything, but. You know, I feel like some of those larger questions are best left for the main feature films. And, uh, yeah. and though we've explored a lot of that in this episode, and it's always good and it's been good and stuff like, you know, in the Clone Wars with the Mortis trilogy and everything. I just, I, I like seeing these characters work together. I like their banter. You know, that's something they've always had good on the show. And I think it just continued in this episode. Teresa, any final thoughts about this, this episode, these episodes? I really liked it, but I do want to get back to where we have the ghost crew kind of all together working together because that's when the show is at its best. Mm -hmm. And especially since the show's about to end, I want to see as much of them together as possible. Absolutely agree. Looks like we will. Looks like we will in the two episodes next week um, as they re finally return to Lothal, but it's not the Lothal that Ezra remembers. Mm -mm. And, uh, oh, and they're with, uh, what's his name? Clancy Brown. No, it's not his name, but well, it's his name, but it's not his name. <laughs> I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. Um, you can email us at vaulttalk at gmail.com. Don't forget those two T's. What's the Twitter, Teresa? Our Twitter is at Disney Vault Talk. It's also the same as our Instagram. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson, and you can follow the entire network of Gulliver's shows at Gullers. 
And don't forget the Facebook group over at Facebook. We have a great Goliverse, the Guardians of the Goliverse. You can get there easily by going to geekoutonline.com slash group. If you join up, there will be a couple of questions to answer so we can vet you out and make sure that you're not uh, uh, fake or a you robot. Must be worthy. Yeah, you must be worthy. They're really easy questions, though. Um, and, uh, and if you want to support the shows, we encourage you to use the links to Amazon, Entertainment Earth, Think Geek, pre-order your... Um, Last Jedi tickets with the Fandango links. All those links you'll find at Geek Out Podcast and geekoutonline.com. Don't forget our sponsor, Tops. We appreciate their sponsorship of the shows uh, here in the next couple of weeks. And we also thank Scott Hendricks for being a supporter of the show and, and a listener and becoming a friend for us. Check out scotthendricksart.blogspot.com. Happy birthday, Scott. Hope it's a Happy great birthday. one for you. Um, Teresa, my matma to you. Horsantaka. <laughs> Oh, join us next time when we're back on Lothal. Until then, and Erish will be back with us as well, we hope. So feel better, Erish. We missed you, buddy. So until then, I'm Steve. And I'm Teresa. May the force be with you, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See ya. Four seasons, and we still haven't figured out how to end this show.